to the Crosstown Baseball Show. It is Monday, June 26th, and like always, I am here with my friend Anthony Romanelli. Anthony Romanelli, but it doesn't roll off the tongue, apparently. Um, but he is the other Anthony today. That's a little tease for something later on. Uh, but we are here and we're talking White Sox and Cubs baseball as we get closer to the All-Star break. Romanelli, how you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, happy with the Cubs as of late. Uh, happy with the London series. Um, I, I still believe that this is all the Cubs providing the illusion for me to get excited uh, just in time for the trade deadline and they'll buy and they'll make a tiny splash and they still, and still nothing will happen. I completely hope I'm totally wrong and I'm happy to eat crow as they make the playoffs and surprise the hell out of everybody win the world series and you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> well, that's what we're talking. That's what we're talking about today, folks. We're going to talk about uh, the recent re- recent comments by Tom Ricketts about the Cubs being buyers. We're going to talk about the Sox uh, treading water and just trying to survive as they get through the first half of the season. Uh, but I want to start with uh, what you just mentioned, Romanelli, that London series, two games against the Cardinals. Um, what were your impressions uh, after after seeing the uh, the Cubs and Cardinals battle it out across the pond? Um, I think the Cubs are absolutely in a groove uh, right now, and I wouldn't want to play that. Outside of being Cincinnati or Tampa, I don't know that I'd want to play the Cubs right now. They just seem to have everything going on. Uh, outside of Luis Robert being Roberts being the AL player of the week uh, with everything he's doing, I'm surprised that Hap hasn't been player of the week on the uh, – National League side. He is on a two-week tear, hitting over 400, if I'm not mistaken. His OPS is through the roof. Um, I think they're in a good place right now. Um, Now, the Stroman blister is a a minor setback. Uh, My guess is he'll miss one start. I don't think he'll miss more than that, Uh, especially with the All-Star break coming right around the corner. But right now, knock on wood, uh, everything is clicking. Um, I don't know if this is, you know, false hope, uh, but I'm excited right now because there are, what, two games under 500 or maybe just three. Uh, and again, I said for the end of the year to be an absolute success, they need to be everything's got to go well and they'll be at 500. So outside of Cincinnati playing out of their minds, um, uh, the Cubs are putting themselves in position to potentially compete for the lowly national league central <laughs> they certainly they certainly could and, and i'll tell you what too is okay. i'll tell you what is that that m- must have made you felt something when tom rick is just to give everyone a, a kind of exact preview of what we're talking about and the reason why we're talking about the Cubs being buyers today is because um, in London, Tom Ricketts, um, as reported by uh, Megan Montemiro of the Chicago Tribune, basically came out and said, like, hey, obviously we're buyers, right? He had specifically said, and quote, things can come off the rails, but I don't think they will. I think what we have is a core that can compete for the division and compete for the playoffs. And now it's finding the missing parts to add to it. I mean, do you agree with that? I mean, it seems like you do, and it seems like it was the perfect time to hear that. It, I would agree. Um, I think he he said the right thing at the right time, which is exactly what he's supposed to do. Um, and interestingly, while they were um, in the background chanting, extend Stroman, he very wisely is like, you need to talk to Jed about that. So he's kind of talking out of both ends of, of himself. However, the Cubs <laughs> have put themselves in a position um, to make themselves buyers. Uh, Are they going to make a big enough splash to get over the hump? I mean, you know, continue to win series uh, and and make a splash and all of a sudden make, and again, uh, we talked about this forever. uh, No one fears the Cubs, but somehow they keep winning. Um, So let's hope they keep winning. Just keep winning. Just keep winning. Win two out of every three. Win three out of every four. Uh, and you'll be there at the end. Uh, who do they go and get? They need a center fielder. I would love for them to go to get the A center fielder. That kid can fly. Uh, he's on pace to steal over 80 bases. 
he's very much reminiscent right now of Ricky Henderson. Uh, I would like the, to see them go get him, although Talkman right now is doing more than a formidable job. He's making a name for himself, um, which is, I believe, one of the reasons they are where they are is because of Talkman. So um, the Cubs need a uh, tie-on to step it up. He's clearly not making enough of an impact since he's been here. But Hendricks is also, minus his first start, Hendricks has been fantastic. Um, there are very few uh, negatives right now for the Cubs, and, and I'm happily surprised. Um, I'm happily surprised. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, well, and, and, and it's right to be surprised because they're, you look at just statistically what they're doing as a team, and, and they're, folks, they're not bad. I know their record suggests, you know, as you, you said earlier, they are, in fact, two games under 500, um, three games out of first place and third in the NL Central. But when you look at just how they rank with the 15 NL teams, their ERA as a pitching staff is third in the NL. Um, you know, yeah, they may be last in innings pitch and what have you, and they, they're not really striking out guys or 12th in strikeouts, but, um, at the end of the day, I mean, they're, they're, they're holding their own. Um, what I will say though, is, you know, with this team and, and really with any team, as you get closer to the trade deadline, it, and this is where it gets tough them playing in the central, similar to the white Sox, with how just crappy both of those divisions are right now, it, like what type of splash is really re required here when, when we talk about them buying, like, is it a splash in the puddle? Is it a splash in the kiddie pool? Is it a splash in a four foot deep pool? Like, and the reason I ask is because these teams, both of them, obviously we're talking about the Cubs now are still under 500. They're in a bad division. Is the splash to win the division or is the splash to actually win in the playoffs? Because I tend to think while these teams are, in this case, the Cubs are playing better. One could argue what splash is going to make sure you win when you actually get to the playoffs. Like it's all, it's all relative here. And the relative point of view is there, they could win a bad division, not because they're world beaters, because the division is bad. Yeah. Don't necessarily love that reality. Agreed. However, they are one of only six or seven. One, hold on. One, two, three, four, five. Oh no, I'm wrong. Uh, oh no, I am. I'm right. One, two, three, four, five, six. They're only. They're one of only six teams in the National League that have a plus run differential. It's only San Diego has less of a positive run, run differential, but the Cubs are a plus thirty-two. That's yeah. huge. Yeah, that's huge. Um, if the pitching keeps up. And they continue to hit. Um, I think the Cubs need to, in order to make noise, they need to get hot at the right time. They are they're eight and two in their last time. Fine, but if we go back to the beginning of the year, they say it every year. You can you can win. You can't win or lose a you know a pennant in April. Or you can't win in pennant in April, but you sure can lose it. Okay. And they buried themselves at the beginning, and so now they've been playing catch up. Yes, they're eight and two now. Can they can they ride this momentum a into the? I almost said spring break, Jesus, into <laughs> into the All Star break, and then can they get hot in a few different times when they need to to then finish strong at the end in October? And I know October is a way away however it's going to come quicker than you think i also read like little things so they're playing philly coming up philly has not won a series in 80 plus series in 80 series no team has been that bad since the early 1900s so you have philly coming up you better win two out of three you better Right. If not, if not sweep them, you can't, I don't know. Can you say that out loud to those guys? I don't know. But because then, because then it's a mental thing and then they lose all three going into the all-star break and then they're not buyers anymore. So, um, but even, this, even, even if, even if, and, and now that you're talking about it, let, let's bring it up because I think it's worth discussion here is 
you look at the schedule rolling up into the all-star break for the Cubs. You just mentioned the three against Philly at home. You have three yeah. against the guardians guardians are, and eh, they have their days, but you can easily win two of three if you're playing good ball. And then before the all-star break, they have four against the brewers, which they proved they can hold their own against the brewers this year. Um, they're not the same brewers we're, we're familiar with. And then they end the first half with three at, the at the Yankees in the Bronx. Right. So, I mean, the only series there that I think could present some trouble for them is the Yankees, but they could walk away from from the first half being above 500 if they play their cards right. Yeah, um they really can. Uh they are they're better than the Yankees in their last 10. Uh they have a higher run differential than the Yankees. Again, they need to win the games like good teams win the games that they're supposed to. So mm-hmm. will they win these games against Philly? They, they should. Will they? They're playing four with Milwaukee, correct? Correct. Yeah. So at, at a minimum, split that. You take three out of four from Milwaukee, okay. And then, then, okay. Then they're making some serious noise. I know Milwaukee's not the same team, but there's something about Milwaukee always being a nemesis. I've said it from the beginning. They're always a thorn in our side. Always, 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 always. Council's a good manager. He knows how to get the best out of his guys. Um, and they present a problem. Um, now, the real test, whenever they get to back to playing Cincy, uh, that will be a test that no one expected. So we'll see what happens then. But that's a ways away. It is. Now, you mentioned, talking about Cincy, um, just for the folks out there, you mentioned that, um, you know, Luis Robert on the South side won the American League Player of the Week. Hey, yep. why didn't Hap win the American League Player of the Week for the National League? Who won the National League Player of the Week? Ellie De La Cruz of the Cincinnati, Cincinnati Reds. So, I mean, it, I, I just want to take a tangent for a moment and talk about it, hitting a the, cycle will help. Well, cycle will help, right? I mean, yeah. yeah, anytime you're hitting a cycle, that's kind of a shoe in for Player of the Week. But, um, what I will say about the Reds is I don't know, you know, you look at the Pirates who started off hot this season um, and you knew that the Pirates are going to fall the face of the earth eventually. Yep. I don't know about this Reds team. I think they're here to stay. I think they play really good competitive baseball and I think they are going to be the ones that are going to be the truth thorn of the sides of the Cubs for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think uh, <clears throat> the rookie and India, I had wanted the Cubs to go get India last year. Um, oh, sure. I, I like him a lot. Um, so between those two, they're making a serious splash. Um, and I'm curious if, again, is this the Reds, uh, how do I say this? Is this their streak and is this all they have? Or is this them starting something anew and, and now all of a sudden the Reds become – a serious nemesis for the Cubs. It's a it's a it's a fair question. It is a fair question. You know, I look at I do look at this lineup, um, and you you do you did mention a player, um, center fielder from the A's who's stealing bases like Ricky Henderson. Oddly enough, that's uh, Estiri Ruiz. Um, he's center fielder for the A's. Um, is there anyone else that comes to mind? You said a center fielder. I'm assuming, I don't know if it was you were married to the specific player and his skill set or center field in general, but what do you see as if, if Ricketts and the Cubs and Hoyer's going to go out and, and start wheeling and dealing here, what is he buying? What are the necessities? Uh, a center fielder and a first baseman. With, or, I'm sorry, a, a, three positions. Um, interestingly, your corner infield, you have no true third baseman, you have no true first baseman. Uh, and the corner infields positions are usually cornerstones to a solid, successful hitting team, like a hit, like a hitting squad. Your, your corner infielders are usually your go-tos, and you don't have anybody at first. Now Rizzo at the end of the year is a free agent. Just saying, what a homecoming that would be if the Cubs are doing this. Sure, you you definitely now you don't need the the veteran leadership because you have enough of that there would he think about coming back and i know i'm getting ahead of myself um you could always shore up the bullpen although you've got alzale who has earned the right to be their closer even though no one still believes 
the dude's movement, he reminds me, he's not as strong as stroke, but the movement on his stuff is good. Um, you can always use more help in the bullpen. Always, always, always. Uh, but right now, uh, the, um, the first base without question, you need a first baseman. And yesterday and the game the other day with the error by Madrigal uh, was catastrophic. He took it on himself. He took the full blame for that uh, error at first, which he shouldn't do because it's a full team effort. And, and I applaud him for that, for taking that um, error and that, or that, the responsibility for that loss. But I think the Cubs felt good even coming home. I, I think they're still on – the upswing, even though they split the series. I think the London trip was fantastic for them, for baseball. Um, but who do they need? They need a first baseman and a third baseman. Wisdom, his wrist is still hurting him, I think. And I, I, I will be the first to admit, I believe I said this, if I didn't say it on our podcast, I said it before we started our podcast. When the Cubs got rid of Bryant, I was like, sign Wisdom for two or three years. He's going to hit 25 to 30. Um, and I really thought he would, he would, but he's not been producing. Now his wrist is hurting. He's he prior to the wrist hurting, he was leading the team in strikeouts. And so he's become, he, to me, he's, he's become the second biggest disappointment on the team. Do you know who my biggest disappointment is? It's Suzuki actually. I understand why you say that you kind of hinted to that. Um, last week and I think of I think you say that knowing full well he's not going anywhere nope he's not going anywhere they signed him for too much um, he's I think the highest paid player out of coming out of Japan in however long um, he's not going anywhere he's got to write himself or Ross needs to give him a day off or two or something he but he's not doing well at all they keep moving him down. He's still not hitting. He's not striking out, but he's not hitting at all. Um, he's become like, thank God everybody else is hitting. Do you need a right fielder? No. Do you need a left fielder? No. You don't need anybody up the middle. You need corner infielders. That's what you need. You need a first baseman. I think Morel, eventually, I've said it from the beginning, he still reminds me of Aramis Ramirez, the way that dude swings. Yeah. Swings out of his shoes. He's super positive, super happy. I don't know. Can you move him to third base? I don't know. But you need corner. That's what the Cubs need. Who do they need to go by? They need to go by a first baseman and a third baseman without question. I would say that those are the two. I don't want to say they're the only holes. But again, they're plus differential. They're doing well. Like right now. Again, it's this. Everybody knows it's a roller coaster. But right now, they're doing okay. Um, they're doing better than okay. And... I, it's it's fun to watch. Um, I fear like if Hap goes on a like a, a downtrend, um, what, you know what's going to happen uh, to the team. Uh, right now, though, everybody's doing pretty well. I think there's a good vibe. What do they need? A first baseman and a third baseman, without question. It, so, all right. I want to go to your first base thing for a moment here because. This is a prime example of this new baseball world that we live in where there's the people that are competing and there's the people that are not. And because that 14 teams now make the playoffs, you have teams like the Cubs and the Sox that are at or below 500 in that middle category where eh, we could compete if we want to, or maybe not. But I don't know. Like these teams are the teams that like it used to be at the trade deadline. You, you know this just as well as I do that. Those are teams at the dead at the deadline that if you were competing, you wanted to push all of your chips in, make a big trade, make the splash, multiple player, three team deals, whatever the hell it is. Now, I do think you're going to see teams not necessarily make those big splashes, but make kind of MLB ready for MLB ready trades, things that don't necessarily tip the scales, but put them in a better position, both short term and long term. I'll give you an example. Okay. You talk about first base. For some reason, you didn't mention Cody Bellinger at all. Okay, I'm kind of curious as to why you didn't, and I will, I'll and I'll, I'll let you answer that and talk about that in a moment. But it, it, are the Cubs going to be a team where they're in a position where they go, "Hey, we are going to try to win. We're also going to think about the long term here. Why don't we take 
Cody Bellinger, trade him and get a couple pieces now in an MLB and MLB for MLB ready trade. You ready? Yeah. Okay. So I think, and I said this before, I believe that Bellinger is a great first baseman. Not great. That's the wrong word. He's a solid first baseman, but his bat is fantastic. You move him to center. I'm sorry. You move him to first base forever. There's your, there's your legit solve because he's got the, he's got the the size of a first baseman. He's got the glove. He's, he's a solid, solid first baseman. Um, And you go get that, you go get a center fielder, uh, somebody who's got bat speed uh, and somebody who can fly. Again, that kid from uh, Oakland, he's the only kid I can think of. He's the only one I can think of. But realistically, um, that's what I do. Ballinger, I I believe wholeheartedly, Ballinger should stay at first. You're not trading Cody Ballinger, I don't think. Because he's doing, I don't think, I think he's doing. I don't think so either. I think he's doing too well. I, I do. So let's let's talk scenarios for a second here because I, I think it is very interesting to consider. You know, it is the and I'm not I'm not kind of I don't want to go without giving the White Sox credit. I will talk about the White Sox and what they're gonna do, buyers or sellers, but right now we are talking about the Cubs and they have explicitly came out and said we are buyers, which means we can start talking about what exactly does that mean. Now, if I were to paint a picture uh, for you of going to a team that has a crap ton of outfielders. Okay. That can fix your center fielder problem. I'm calling the St. Louis Cardinals. Okay. Who have not Tyler O'Neill. Cause he's on the 60 day DL, no. but they have Brendan Donovan. Who's one of the younger guys, probably not him, but they have an no. Oscar Mercado, a Dylan Carlson, a Lars new bar, those type of guys. Is that piquing your interest? No, just <laughs> no. Um, Very matter of fact. <laughs> uh, and it has nothing to do with them being a division rival, um, honestly. Uh, but none of them have done anything to put themselves on my radar. Uh, and they're in the division. So that's how I look at it. If you're in my division and I don't know that you exist, um, even by face, then no, you've done nothing for me. <laughs> <laughs> again, again, if I can recognize the kid from Oakland and, and watch him play it just enough um, that I like what he's doing, I like what I see. And again, Oakland is the major leagues uh, quadruple A team, realistically, because uh, all they do is them and Tampa used to be that way. Yeah. But Tampa's finally figured it out, and now everybody wants to be like Tampa. Um, so, but no, it doesn't do much for me. From St. the kids from St. Louis. Well, you know, and, it is. Go ahead. I find it interesting because I mean, this is where, this is where it gets tough, right, for people at the trade deadline because I don't know. It, it, it gets tough for buyers because you have less teams that are selling, theoretically, right? right? And mm-hmm. and I think, and I think that's what kind of reinforces my thought earlier of you have you have teams that are more likely to make kind of straight MLB ready for MLB ready trades. Um, it is, is necessary. It isn't necessarily going to be one star going to one side and then a package of four or three prospects going the other way as it always has been. Will that happen? Sure. But instead of that happening with 14 potential suitors, now it's happening with five or six potential shoot, uh, suitors at the most. I think, I think for as much as we get excited about the trade deadline, I'm hampering my expectations because I don't think it's going to be as glitzy and glamorous as it used to be in years past. I, I would agree. I also, um, and I think there's an underlying factor here for the Cubs and it's their current record. This mm-hmm. is why this Philly series is more important than people think there are, there are two games under. Okay. If you lose two or three, you're four games under. Are you still a buyer at four games under? And, and that's only two days away. How can you make the argument you're not? Because you're four games under. Four games mm-hmm. under with with 81 games to go. See, but this you've only had one, but you've only had one winning streak all year. True, true. Well, That's true. true. And That's again, true. you've had one winning streak out of it. Okay, so by the time we get there, it'll be 81 games. Okay, you've had one winning streak in 81 potential games. Am I really 
a buyer if they don't win two or three. It, it, see, this is where it gets dicey. Because if I'm sitting in Jed Hoyer's seat, or Rick Hahn's seat for that matter, and I sure as hell know the White Sox are thinking about this, not even to talk about them no. yet. You know they're thinking about it. Because what what is worse? What is worse? Is it worse? Is it, is it worse being the GM of a team and trying to go all in when you know maybe it's a little difficult to do so? You know, maybe you're four or five games out, whatever. Or is it is it better to not go all in and just resign to the fact that? Yeah, we're four four and a half, five games out, but of a bad division. You're not five games back from the Rangers or five games back from the Rays. You're five games back from the Brewers and the and the Reds. You've three, four, five games back from them. So this I do not envy Jed Hoyer and Rick Hahn because they're literally both in the same position. They are back yeah. in bad divisions. And in a normal year, if they were five games, six games back of a normal division, yeah, probably. But what happens when they don't go all in? How do fans respond? Well, um, are the Cubs at only two games under and potentially even at the trade deadline or damn near close? Or also break, sorry. Um, um, where's I going with this shit? I just lost my train of thought. Are they... No, that's not where I was going. Damn it. I Damn. had this a brain is, fart. This um, is literally the first time you've ever had a brain fart in all of our episodes of doing this. I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I just, I'm so curious what happens with this Philly series. I think there's more pressure on the Cubs than they realize. Um, because then it puts, like you said, it puts the pressure on, on Jed if they don't win. Um, now, if they take two or three, then they're going to only be one game under 500. And then, yeah, they're they're in the thick of things um, again in, in a week. To, oh, I know. There we go. Are the Cubs like the 2015 Cubs in that they're a year ahead of schedule? If yes. they're just at 500, okay? Are they a year ahead of schedule to where next year they make whatever big splash that they're thinking? And is that, and dare I say, is that Splash Otani? I, who the hell? I mean, the dude's going to ask and probably get, what, anywhere from five to $600 million? And, he, and he's making $5 million this year, and he's going to be worth every penny no matter where he goes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it, so that's like, are you looking the next year? Are you think, are you, who is legitimately thinking about Otani? It can, only, it can be 10 teams or less, and I know I'm getting ahead of myself. But, but are you a year, but, but in looking in October at the end of October, are the Cubs a year ahead of schedule or that are they right on where they're supposed to be? Because again, if we look, they're still above average scoring runs. They're, what'd you say in pitching? They're third in ERA. Third in ERA. They're above in, in scoring runs. So, I mean, those two pieces are huge. They're no longer, if you remember at the beginning of the year, they were, they were leading the MLB and they were leading MLB and leaving men on base. They're nowhere near that anymore. Now I think it's the, it might be the angels. Now. Um, most uh, men left on base at the moment. Um, so they've turned it around. They've turned a lot of things around. It's just taken a little bit longer than anyone has hoped. And hopefully they didn't bury themselves by, you know, if they lose out in the playoffs by, let's say, three games or five games or less, they're going to kick themselves in the ass. Absolutely. They're going to, they're going to kick that, themselves in the if, ass. If they didn't they, do anything to reinforce that. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. They need to. So they do they need to make moves? Yeah. And, and I think everybody knows first base as a whole. I think everybody knows that third base is a problem. At least offensive production-wise. And well, and the, the error yesterday, again, everybody's allowed errors, so that's not that big of a deal to me. And they still, the Cubs still scored five runs yesterday, so they're still scoring runs, right? So, that, that again, that's huge. They, they are definitely on an upward trend. So, sure. should they be buyers? Yeah, because they're on an upward trend. Is this false hope? Because it's the only right now, it's the only run they've had. I mean. 
anything can happen with 81 more games. And right. I think Jed Hoyer is sitting there thinking the same thing. And, and there is no universe that you don't sit there with that team and, and add some pieces or at least attempt to. So, so it's going to be very interesting folks, you know, with the Cubs, you, like you're saying, Romanelli, they're playing better ball. Um, I, I like to see, I tend to view the all-star break as being the ultimate reset. Every, I say, mm-hmm. I say all the time, like they mm-hmm. always say like momentum is only as good as your next day starting pitcher. Well, that all goes out the window during the all-star break. It's basically pressing the reset button. So I'll be very interested to see how they come out. One last. Yeah. And then one last side note that I found out just today. And I was like, this is really cool. Um, and we could talk white talks the rest of the day. Um, uh, Ian Hap's, uh, batting gloves are going to Cooperstown. The l- ones from London? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, the, t- the two home runs and the series he had has now made that uh, allow those gloves to go to Cooper's home. To me, that's just a quick, cool little side note. That's all. I mean, how I mean, imagine, imagine, and you know, you hear these stories all the time about that's players sending their stuff to Cooperstown, and I can't imagine how that feels to be the player. Oh my you God. I mean? Right now, it's just the coolest thing ever. Man, from a, winning a gold glove to going to play in, in in London to all of a sudden having your gloves go sit in Cooperstown along, you know, with the absolute greatest to ever do it. It's just the greatest. It's just so cool. Oh, good. Job. All right. On to the White Sox. So with the White Sox, um, here's the thing is, is we talk about the Cubs playing better lately. And it, it's not even that the White Sox have been playing better lately. One could argue they have been. But we kind of talked about this last week that the, that the Sox have these two games where they're playing really well and everything's clicking. And then they play another two games and things are really falling off the table. And we saw the same thing last year where there was just the same thing all season of essentially 500 ball and not clicking at the same time. Um, you know, right now they're in a, I would say, a pretty precarious position where they are fourth in the division. They're not three games back like the Cubs. They are in just as bad of a division, but they're six games back. They're four and six in their last 10. Um, They haven't been able to put runs up where it matters because the run differential is still negative 60. Um, This is a situation where I kind of feared a couple months ago is proving itself to be true is after April, you know, obviously they had a very poor showing in April. They came back and were able to get closer to 500. Um, but folks, they're still eleven games under five hundred. Eleven games under five hundred. They need to, they need to burn it to the ground. They, they burn it I to hate, the ground. I hate and to I hate say to that, say but you're. I hate to say that too, but but and that's kind of my point here. Is is it's almost kind of like a shit or get off the pot thing here. Like I I need them to either go on a streak and put it all together, or and this is coming as someone who ultimately wants to see them succeed is. I kind of want them to crash and burn. So I know what direction we're going in here, right? Like don't, don't tread water the whole time because Rick Hahn's having the same, same thought process that Hoyer's having right now is he's looking at this and going, okay, six games, crappy division, you know, uh, you know, our hitting has its moments, Luis Robert, blah, blah, blah. Um, If I reinforce this team, maybe I can get there. Except. Yes. They're only six games out. But there were 11 games under. In no world is that a recipe for success. Not even remotely. And even if they win 11 or 12 in a row the way the Reds did, they're still not going to be close to competing in no. the shittiest in the shittiest division. No. They're about as bad as they can get in the worst division possible. Um I mean, there's, you know, there's light years between them and, and Kansas City for being bad, uh, but they're pretty damn bad. And again, to be 11 games under, they ha- there's, I, again, as far as I'm concerned, burn it. Just burn I, it all. I'm, I'm with you. My, my inner emotional being is like, burn it to the ground, all to hell, you know, basically old man, old man yelling at a cloud. That's me. But... What I will say here is I, there's there's that side of me, but there's also the realistic side of me that's going in the world of baseball that we now know it, going back to my point with the Cubs, is this is 
how can you go to your fans and go to anybody that's associated with this team and go, let's build a, let's tear the whole thing down. I don't think that's as likely as much as it's likely to do kind of like a retool, which the Yankees are famous for doing. The Yankees never really tear it down. Now, I, before anyone says like, oh, Anthony, it's the Yankees. I'm aware. I know. Okay. But the Yankees never really tear it down. They always retool. And if you look at the kind of the, what the Sox have put together as a solid foundation, you're looking at guys like Dylan Cease, Michael Kopech in a rotation. You're looking at guys like Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez, if he ever decides to actually stay healthy and eat his vitamins. Um, Andrew Benatendi's with this team for another four years, four and a half years. Um, there are some foundational pieces here where if you were to do something like trade a Tim Anderson or trade a Lucas Giolito and get some pieces, you're looking at a retool that takes maybe an off season, an off season and a trade deadline, maybe where again, you're competing for one of now 14 spots. Like it's just not what it used to be. I don't know that you can just tear it to the ground and wait another five or six years, fans are going to put up with that shit. I don't know if you can wait five to six years. Why not take a year and a half to just, you know. Here's here's my only comment to that is this. And I know this sounds, this may sound strange. If the White Sox are in single digit numbers under 500, if you're eight under versus 11, Okay. If you're if you win four in a row, you're still seven games under. Yeah. You win four in a row at eight, you're only four under. So that's winning four in a row. I as far as I'm concerned, burn it to the ground. Because they there is they, I know they the only one they keep in my mind, the only the only untouchable is Dylan Cease. That's it. Everybody else. That's fair. That's fair. And, and you're right. I think I, I would go I would go as far as saying if purely because of how he's playing this season and the cost control of his contract and what he's un, under contract for, I would add Luis Robert to that list on the position player side. Yeah, and, from and, the position and, player, yeah. and even then, I think you could be talked into that one if it's a really good deal, potentially. Um, but it, but there's your, there's your four and five players for could, Roberts. There you go. There you go. Um, but yeah, <laughs> but, but what I will say is like, because they're down 11 games that are 500, because they're out six games. If, if I am the, I, the fan am kind of hoping that they don't kind of blind leading the blind be buyers like the Cubs are doing and try to yes. make this work because you know what that is to me. That's like saying when we get home, you'll get candy. And that candy is the hard mints you find at the bottom of your grandma's purse. That's the, that's the candy. Like, I yeah. don't want that. I, yeah. I want to know that you're going to actually be competitive and go to the playoffs and win playoff baseball. I and this team, this team is far, farther than the Cubs, I would argue right now, oh, from playing that. playoff baseball. Agreed. <laughs> Excuse me. You're good. Um, thank you. Um, yeah, I – Again, Luis Roberts and and Cease are, are the only names that stay. Everybody else goes. Um, Tim Anderson, I, I have nothing for. Uh, Eloy Jimenez, I, I have nothing for. They're I'm ready to pull the plug on Eloy. I, I I have no patience for it anymore. I don't care if he goes to the. I don't care if he goes to whatever team and hits 40 home runs next year. I just don't even care. And the idea of putting, uh, when he put, uh, Jesus. Uh, Anderson at second base just to get him back in the flow to yeah. then move him over to show. What are you doing? Like, like either, either send him down to rehab to your, or triple a, like you're just moving him over a base. Why, why, what, what that does no good because you're, you're looking at everything from the complete opposite side for one game. What? Well, let me, let me remind folks, let me remind folks that he did play second base, basically all the world baseball classic and, and hit very well and had a strong showing, but I think there is some I don't want to I don't want to guess and I don't want to, you know, assume, but there is some advantage there to seeing and displaying Tim Anderson's versatility as However, we get closer to the trade deadline. However, if you're going to do that, you don't showboat him for one game or not. That's not even the right word. You don't put him there for one game. You're like, you know what? We're looking, we want to look at this and let him play there for three or four games to get used to it. Any guy, any one of those guys are 
can play any position because you know ultimately they're athletes. Any any shortstop sure. can play second base and vice versa. Any shortstop can play third. Any third baseman can play short. You may not be able to put a right fielder at third, but right. any infielder, any second, short, or third baseman, all, realistically, those positions are interchangeable. And what I didn't like about it was one game. You're putting him there for one game. Why? That just that does nothing for me, and it doesn't prove to me like shit. Rest him. Well, and and so you're bringing up a broader point, and this is a organizational, potentially an organizational issue is there is no secret that guys around all of Major League Baseball, they're never all 100%, right? I mean, this no, is 162 game season. Yeah, no I mean, you imagine their health no. being a green bar. It's not always a full green bar all the time. No. Sometimes they're no in the way. orange and the yellow. But right. the, the case for Tim Anderson was playing at second as from Pedro Grafal was he's got some shoulder issues. He's not going to be able to make the throw deep in the hole at shortstop to first base but he's well enough to play second and make the throw from second. So I understand that, but the broader problem for me is just do what you need to do to get the guy right. Right. Like, like exactly. we're not, we're not, we're not put playing him on the, for a first place right now. No, put him on the 15 day deal, get him healthy, healthy. Right. And again, that's the issue I've had with Anderson forever. He's not healthy to begin with. No, he's never, not, he doesn't no. stay healthy long enough. And so I'm going to, I'm going to let him play but I'm going to allow him to make a shorter throw, but then he still has to swing out of his shoes at a, you know, to try and hit a hundred mile an hour fastball. Like, come on, who the hell are you fooling? I don't. I, that's dumb. That's just dumb. No, I'm, I'm with you. I, I do think, you know, when you, when we look at it in the context of the trade deadline, as we get closer to the all-star break here, we'll go over the, re the remaining schedule of the first half here in a second. But um, two things I think are true. Number one, I am becoming more certain that Tim Anderson is not on this team after the trade deadline. Um, I don't think he can be. Um, and additionally, I think, I think while the Sox do not want to get rid of Lucas Giolito, I think we know two things are true. Lucas Giolito will test the free agent market. And I don't know that the Sox are going to be willing to pay him. So I think they're going to lose him regardless. And two, the available pitchers, this trade deadline are going to be, it's going to be slim pickings folks. Yeah. So I think they're going to have a really good market to get a kind of an overvalue return for Giolito in this pitching market. And I think they should take advantage of that. I, I think they should too. Um, I don't know that Giolito's pitched well, pitched well enough realistically to get the money he wants, but I think because the market is going to be, you know, in his favor, you know, like the, they'll pay what the market will bear. I don't know the exact expression. Um, sure. it, it evades me at the moment. Uh, but he'll make his money, but is he yeah. going to be worth it? No, I don't think so. And that's the problem. And that's the problem with free agency as we know it is, is especially in the economics of the game. Now, it, this is why these teams like the Braves go to such epic lengths to sign their, their younger guys long-term now more than ever and take the gamble now, because you're taking a seven, eight, nine, $10 million a year gamble Giolito can easily get 22, 24 million a year. And that sounds ridiculous, but the market will bear it and people will overpay because that's what you do in free agency. And there's really no escaping that. And it's, it's paying off. It's paying dividends for Atlanta for mm -hmm. sure. Right now. I think they're, they're what 48 or 49. They might even have as many as 50 ones. If I'm not mistaken. Um, they're doing quite well. And so it's paying dividends for them to, to pay a lot of money to young kids to do really well. Uh, the Cubs kind of did the same thing a few years back with Contreras and Rizzo and uh, Bryant, and it paid you know dividends for them as well. So maybe the Braves are on to something. Sure seems like it. Um, the Sox did that too with Eloy and Luis yeah. Robert and can't say it had the same dividends. So yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, what I'll, what I'll say is this, is let, let's take a look at the um, the remaining schedule for the first half here for the Sox. They're actually, as we speak, uh, we'll be starting a game in about 30 minutes. They are in L.A. playing the Angels, Shohei Otani um, in attendance. Um, <laughs> Shohei Otani will be pitching against the Sox tomorrow night, so they will get creamed tomorrow. Um, <laughs> be four games this week in L.A. against the Angels. Then they will have a three-game pit stop. Um, in Oakland to play the A's, which 
I know that they're A's, but also this is the White Sox. So let's be right. real. Um, so three against the A's that wraps up a West Coast trip. Then right before the All-Star break, they come home for um, three against the it's a, it's an all birds homestand, folks. Three against the Blue Jays, three against the Cardinals at home before the All-Star break. So um, either they're going to flip the bird or the birds going to be flipped at us. We'll just we'll find out later. Um, but to me. I'm feeling good about that, if I'm being honest, because I the way that I see that unfolding is you lose three of four against the A's. Maybe you squeak two of three against the uh, against the uh, I'm sorry, you lose three of four against the Angels. I said that wrong. Maybe you get three of, of, of two or two of three from the A's. Maybe, maybe the A's, they surprise you. Yes, believe it or not. No, their record sucks. But let's be honest. Um, Blue Jays, not a chance, not a chance, two or three, maybe a sweep right there. Cardinals. I know they're not playing well. I know, but it's the Cardinals. Um, they could still hit the ball and they will out hit the socks. I do think, um, so I'm not feeling really good about that. They could be in a position that they come to the all-star break and it could very well be that they're eight games back. I mean, they're only six games back now, folks. We're talking another two games. If they're eight games back by this all-star break, just blow it up. Just blow. Yeah. Just, 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 it's a shoe in folks. I don't want to hear anything about it. It's not a debate at that point anymore. And I'm, and I hate the fact that we were like, yeah, the White Sox are going to win the division and the Cubs will be lucky to be 500. And and now you've got the Cubs right where I thought they would be. And the White Sox aren't even on the map. Absolutely. They're just missing completely. Pisses me off. It's hard to, interestingly, it's hard to watch. Um, it's like the Cubs were, uh, again, they've, they've switched places and I don't want the Cubs to go back. And I'm not wishing the White Sox, you know, doom, uh, but like either, either win three or four from the Angels or sell or blow it up. Three or four from the Angels or blow it up because it's over because, because the Angels, you've got the best pitcher the best player in all of baseball. If you can take three or four from the angels, like, okay. But again, you're still, then you take three or four from the angels. And let's say you take one of three that, so there's the, there's the kick in the teeth. You take three or four from the angels and then you only win one of three from the A's Because you've got yourself so jacked up to play the uh, angels. That seems like, that seems like exactly the white Sox thing to do. Exactly. So blow them up. Start over. I again I'm not I know you wanna piecemeal it, but but I don't think they I don't think they know how. I don't think management knows how, and it's it's evident as hell that they, you know, sell the team, Han and and Kenny, they're just they just don't have the baseball acumen anymore. What it, you- it's no I, I'm I'm stating a fact. It's nothing yes. personal against them. They don't have it anymore. They don't have that edge. They don't have, they don't have it. You're bringing up something that is key to all of this. And that is we could talk about the Sox buying and selling all we want during this trade deadline and making moves this off season to retool, tear it down, whatever. The fact of the matter is no matter what they do, I don't want those guys to be the one to do it. And that that's, this all starts there. Yeah, and it's it's sad to say, but the real the reality is, and again, I mentioned this or I use this phrase like no one, well maybe Roberts, no one scares me on the White Sox, no one. Like I, when I'm pitching, no one's going to scare me. Maybe Roberts, so you pitch around him, big deal. Yeah. No one scares me. Uh, Cease is the only pitcher that we know that the 200 strikeouts he's still you know capable of that. Um, again, I'm disappointed in Clevenger. I really liked him. Uh, he hasn't lived up to it. Um, I don't know, man. They just, it's like they blew a tire and they keep trying to get home. Yeah. It's not, it changed the tire. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. New, get a whole new car. Yeah. Get um, a whole new car. Well, if Dump you. Dump your car at Victory Auto Wreckers. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. They'll get they'll get through these games. They'll have their bird, their West Coast series, their bird, two bird series. 
They'll get to the all-star break and then they'll be able to press the reset button to start afresh after the all-star break. And they'll play three games against the Braves in Atlanta. So this is going to go swimmingly. Now, all of a sudden, my mind just I, I completely diverted. And I was like, how awesome would it be if you did an all bird series? Where you do the Orioles, the Jays, and the Cardinals. Oh, like <laughs> it's an all bird series. There you, you know, go. You, you do the Sox versus the birds. The White Sox, Red Sox, all birds. Like just be stupid about the whole thing. I mean, might as well. I mean, I mean, I mean, hell, we're going to London. I mean, we have right games and fields of corn. I mean, right. We're we're really just a step away from doing that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> pick, pick names out of pick names out of a hat just to see right. who you play. <laughs> Right, right. Um, well, uh, Romanelli, any last words for tonight? No, man. I, this this was fun. Um, I'll, I'll say an extra prayer or two for the White Sox if they go on a winning streak. I'll say that you know same prayer that the Cubs keep it up. I'm I'm surprisingly happy right now that they're only a couple games out. And but they again to use a somewhat uh, how do I say this somewhat. I forget it. Uh, they, they need to keep just doing what they're doing. The Cubs just need to keep on doing what they're doing. Just keep, just stay under the radar, keep winning. Don't, don't make any noise and just come in strong at the end and see what happens. Well, but, but let everybody else look at Atlanta and the Dodgers. Fine. I don't give a shit. Just keep winning. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're having fun. It's like reliving my worst nightmare every day. Um, so, um, that'll do it all tonight for the, uh, that'll do it for tonight's episode of the crosstown baseball show. Folks, if you're not following us on YouTube, please, please go to YouTube, uh, search crosstown baseball show. Go ahead and click that like button. Uh, go ahead and follow us so you can get notifications. Oh, God, follow please, us. please, please, please. You heard the other Anthony follow directions follow right. us so go ahead and do that go ahead and um follow us also wherever you get your audio podcast whether that's google apple spotify um wherever you get them we're there um and please 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 leave a review and comment where you can because that really really helps helps us uh but until next time folks go white Sox. go go take care everybody.